Hey there, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Paula and Joe Show. Here's a quick rundown of what you need to know. It's 24 minutes of raw business analysis and change talk. Time-boxed, unedited riffing. And when the countdown timer buzzes, we're done. I'm Joe Newbert, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Paula Bell. How's it, Paula? Please tell us what's up in this episode. Hello, Joe. I am well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. All right. Well, today's episode is yet another great one. In this episode, we will be talking all about work-life integration, a topic I know this audience will find extremely relevant. I love this topic, Paula. Back in the late 90s, I got hooked on a book by Ricardo Semler called Maverick. It fully lays down the idea of integrating work and play. And in fact, it's a true story of a business that lives it. It was way ahead of its time. And the concepts have had a profound effect on how I've sought to design my life. And I know you've made some changes too recently to to move the work-life integration needle. But we're not the experts here. So who's joining us, Paula? Well, today we have the lovely Anna Lumberg, and she is the founder of One Step Outside, where she helps experienced professionals around the world design a career, a business, and a lifestyle, I think the most important word, that brings them more freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment outside of the conventional nine to five. She's also the host of the Reimagining Success podcast and author of Leaving the Corporate Nine to Five, stories from people who've done it and how you can do it too. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Joe, for that introduction. Really happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the pod, Anna. It is great to have you here. I mean, this is the focus of what you help people with, right? And I'm ready to have my work and life put together better. Amazing. Well, putting the pressure on there, but yes, I hope (laughs) I can give you at least a little nugget that you can take away. It's always about those little steps you can take to tweak. So um, yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll aim to, to give you what you're after. Sorted. Thank you. Well, let's start with this with this nugget growing and nugget share. So I have a question for you, Anna. The notion of work-life balance has been around for some time now. How does work-life integration differ and what are its advantages? It's such a good question and it might seem like it's semantics. And I see people saying, you know, oh, you need to switch them around. It's life work and it's work, family, and so on. And to some extent, I suppose it doesn't really matter. But for me, work-life balance has its roots in in companies paying lip service, you know, having kind of wellness workshops. And back in my corporate days, which is 10 plus years ago, the only thing I remember from our wellbeing workshop was that they said that Nutella was healthy as a snack. So I don't know how useful that particular workshop was in shifting my work-life balance. For me, the bigger problem is that it puts work versus life as as two things that are by definition at loggerheads, which means that usually you have too much work and too little life. And usually work-life balance means pulling back from work and having more life. But for me, the reality is that that's a really artificial dichotomy because work is a part of life. It's an important part, but it is just one part of many. And in particular, for me, I run my own business and I work with people who want to run their own business. Work-life integration is a way in which we can make the two work together so it means the two are working in synergy rather than you know constantly pulling from one direction to the other 
I love that. I love that. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. It's it's awesome to hear synergy and not competition in with. So when did you realize that it was more about synergy and not that work is one thing versus life? When did that realization come to you? I'd say quite recently, to be honest, because I, I quit my job. I guess I had my big awakening <laughs> in uh, 2013. And it wasn't that I had a burnout. It wasn't that I had young children to look after or anything like that. I really just had this kind of gradual desire to have more freedom, which is a value that I hear a lot from people, flexibility to travel and yes, fulfillment to do more interesting work because I'd been in the same company seven, eight years. And fundamentally there was a disconnect between the work I wanted to do and the work that I was doing. Initially, I wanted to do the whole digital nomad thing, be location independent, and I did. And I traveled all over the place and, and took my so-called business along the on the road with me. Then I suppose I realized, hang on a second, as fun as this is, I wasn't really taking the business seriously. So I was going through what I call my hippie phase. I wasn't earning so much money, shall we say. I was spending through my savings quite uh, generously. And then I went again, perhaps a little bit to the other direction. The pendulum tends to swing and I focused a lot on the business. And so it's really been that kind of trying to find, and there is an idea of equilibrium, harmony, synergy, that for me has initially meant that freedom because I was rebelling against the corporate structure and decades in this education system and nine to five and so on. Now it does mean that I've been able to move down to the coast. I do have two children now. And so now that integration looks very different as well. So it has been a gradual process of redefining what it looks like for me. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because when I talk about this with people, they, they sort of they can have two different ideas about what this looks like when it's implemented. On one hand, you sort of got the Tim, Tim Ferriss crowd who think it looks like sort of four hours of work and then the rest of the week just, I don't know, playing on a beach or, or you know, getting up to whatever hobbies that they've got. But for me, it's a bit more like a seven-day weekend in a way or a seven-day week because... If you, you've got to offset weekdays against the weekend, and I'm sure that those are some of the challenges that, you, that you'll have had when you say that you're focusing on the business full time, that that actually creeps into the Saturday and Sunday. So how do you find an equilibrium? Um, what, what, does, what does it look like for you? Well, first of all, Tim Ferriss is an interesting example and an inspiration to many and in a way kicked off a lot of the trends of, of what is now possible and for me too and for you both, I'm sure as well. But I rebelled against his model too, because as you say, his was doing pretty much, I think he was selling coffee beans or protein shakes or whatever. And then in those four hours and then the rest of the time he was off learning tango and living his best life to be honest even tim ferris hasn't done that because he works incredibly hard yeah. <laughs> he does a lot of other things now and that's not even a true vision of what his life is for me maybe i'm um a bit of a loser but i like work <laughs> i want to do fulfilling work i like the intellectual stimulation so for me doing as little work as possible and then kind of having a retirement isn't my vision and i think for many people it's not we want to feel like we're making a difference and doing that fulfilling work the blurred boundaries though is interesting again that's evolved for me personally when i first quit i had this naive idea that oh i love my business so much that i don't mind working all the time which is a dangerous path to go down and it did mean and i even had a bit of a run-in with my boyfriend on our first holiday together that i would work on holidays now for me it might not feel like work because i was 
you know, living my best life, drawing up the vision for my next program or whatever. But for him, it was a bit of a disconnect. We were supposed to be there, you know, having a nice holiday and together and so on. So I learned a bit of a lesson there that shifted. And then when we moved back to London together, he had a nine to five Monday to Friday. So I ended up falling into that mm. structure again in order for me to have time with him in the evenings and weekends. Because the reality is even if my work is flexible, if all my friends and family work nine to five Monday to Friday, then you know, I have to make some choices there too. As it is now, I have the kids in nursery three days a week. So I have those three full days to work. Once they start school, I've been told they'll have much shorter days. So I have that to look forward to as well. So each kind of part necessity, part, evolution of my personal life, I suppose, has led to me having to, but also choosing to manage the schedule in a different way. And that is, I think, what integration and what this flexibility is all about, because I've been able to, I had set up the business model for me to work that way in the first place, and I'm able to be flexible enough yeah. to evolve it as we go. Yeah, that's a really important point, isn't it? I think, you know, as much as you can always put a blueprint down for how you want something, you've also got to understand that actually there are stages that you're going to go through that are going to require that that shifts somewhere. Um, I, I want to ask you, so, so I, I know a lot of what you do is help people escape the nine to five, but a lot of our audience might not be looking to escape necessarily, but just looking for a better nine to five or well obviously it wouldn't start nine and end at five but um when it comes to this what are the typical objections that you hear from people about why this can't work for them and and how do you respond to those objections so one of the objections is exactly that oh it's all very well for you designing your own business but i'm in a company where that's not possible and of course ultimately you can choose to quit that job and we've had the great resignation now in the last mm. few years so perhaps that is an option we also have companies waking up to the necessity of and maybe even the sort of desirability of having more hybrid working practices part-time especially for returning parents and especially returning mothers and more working from home and so on. So it's about, of course, ultimately at the highest level, finding an employer who shares your values and allows you to do that. And there are examples now, Airbnb and so on, that are very generous and I think sensible in their policies to attract the right caliber of people. And there are others that are not. So that's obviously fundamentally a choice you can make with your employer. Then it's about choosing your own individual scope within those policies within what's possible and we can talk about a few more concrete you know solutions but it's about managing your time and energy and of course setting your boundaries because another objection that we have of course as you said is too much blurring and integration is not about working all the time nor is it about never working right the biggest objection though and i just saw it on linkedin the other day and i just want to get up on my uh, uh, podium here to talk about this one is that the the little pithy statement there was that oh you fools for thinking that you can be successful with work-life balance it's not possible and you're resigned to a life of mediocrity because real success only comes basically when you hustle when you sacrifice everything else and i'm really angry about that and i know we don't have time with your timer to to delve into that <laughs> detail but i want to put my flag in the ground there and say that's not the case yeah. and if it is the case fine i'll live a mediocre life but you know there yeah. are ways too and there are so many examples of people who have been far more successful than me even with the traditional metrics of success even while putting family first and so on so i just want to put that out there that that's an objection that i really don't agree with and there are yeah. countless examples of people who fly in the face of that 
Yeah. So I won't mention Elon Musk or Alan Sugar because I, I, uh, they, they no, they're on my blacklist. Cancelled. But, but, but the word that I love the word you used, mediocre, I think that's fantastic because I think for too long there's been this view of what success looks like. Like businesses must grow. And if they don't grow, then it's a failed business or people must climb the corporate ladder and reach the top. And if you don't reach the top, then it's a failed career. But if you do want to enjoy some of those things that are like orbiting around work, you know, like socializing, friends, family, exercise, if, if other people want to consider that mediocrity, then good for them. But for me, that, that's full. That's a full life. I agree. And it's, it, you might call it a lifestyle business. And I'm playing around with that terminology a little bit, but there is a bit of a stigma against it because it's not a proper business. Um, you know, but as you say, there might be a ceiling. Actually, I don't want to earn more than this because I don't want to work more than three days a week. And yes, I could, you know, put my kids into full-time childcare and so on, but that's a choice I'm not making. In a way, I'm creating a life that I don't need a vacation from. That's another way of putting it right. I'm not just kind of hustling away until I then can retire and <laughs> finally take it easy I'm actually building in that relaxation and rest but also family time hobbies and so on in my day already today I'm not putting my life on hold for some you know theoretical time in the future right and as you and Joe were just talking there about the different feedback that you get in the different mindsets that you've experienced let's talk a little bit more about that so what skills or characteristics and or attitudes do we need to make success of the work-life integration approach opposed to just saying, this will never exist. You can never do this. And anybody who thinks you can, you're just a fool for thinking you can. Well, that's where it starts. It's really with challenging that basic assumption and the philosophy, right? I mean, the nine to five in itself, which of course is never nine to five anyway, but that's an artificial construct that initially started out being a positive development versus the hundred hour weeks, whatever we were doing in factories. But you know, that is kind of an outdated concept that isn't really workable anymore, certainly isn't necessary. And actually, you know, productivity, it's not about clocking in and clocking out in a knowledge economy we're creating things. In fact, there are statistics that we only do two hours and 53 minutes of effective work every day. So fine, I'll do my three hours a day, thank you very much. And then I'll use my the rest of my time to be with my family and so on, right? So there's redefining what success and productivity means. Then there is, uh, I guess, at the other end of the spectrum as well, learning to say no, <laughs> having the discipline and confidence to know, actually, I know what my priorities are. I've got clear priorities. I've got my results that I'm working towards. I'm making the impact I want to make. I don't work after this time. We don't do meetings before this time. If it's an organization, we don't send emails on Sunday evening, whatever, right? So there's sort of the big philosophical movement that has to happen. And then there is the nitty gritty of actually organizations having policies and role modeling the right behavior. And then you as an individual taking responsibility, having the discipline and the confidence to be able to say, you know what, people who I care about will respect those boundaries and I'll still get the job done. They'll trust that, you know, I'm still a very hardworking, motivated employee. I'll get the job done, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to stay until 11 every evening or be available on Sunday afternoon for a phone call or whatever, right? And you get to decide what, what you are available for and what you're not. I 100% agree. Sundays are my self-care days. I don't want to be bothered. I, and my family knows it too. I just don't want to be bothered. You need that break. You set that boundary and you set your boundaries unapologetically. 
Because if people really care about you like they say they do, they will respect those boundaries and they will respect you to know that you need that space. You need that time to do whatever you want to do because it's, you have to take care of you, right? And so I 100% agree agree with that. And one thing you did say that I like too is learning how to say no. So a lot of people have a hard time saying no. If you could give one piece, just one little nugget to a person who struggles with saying no, as you've learned how to do that, what would that one nugget be? I'd, I'd say the really tangible thing that you can do, because there's all sorts of mindset things we could talk about. The really tangible is to say no, but or yes but so you could say yes however not now or yes we can do this but on my terms or no i can't do it right now but i can do it on monday so you're not just going nope which is very scary <laughs> you're actually showing your willingness yes i will help absolutely however not right now you know so it's just learning those little phrases and you can practice them yes i can however no i can't but yes and no and you know it's just it's not just no full stop there's a bit of a softer way um to to do that so that would be my tip sort of practice some phrases and you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to apologize as you said um, but of course, knowing your why, knowing what matters to you, knowing what your boundaries are, first of all, and then secondly, proactively communicating them and re-communicating them because you'll need to do it again and again. Yeah, I'm, I'm practiced at saying no. My, my children get me saying that word often. Um, so if I sort of just track back a little bit on, on, on this conversation, um, I've overcome my objectives. Okay, um, I've got the skills and the courage because I think it, this takes a little bit of courage and faith too. And then I get the opportunity to actually start to design my life. And I've probably got some like big ideas, you know, but when I get there, I probably don't like take the full opportunity of what's there i mean do people get stuck um how do they start to decide what actually does matter to them because it might not be what they thought mattered to them do you have any help or guidance there it can be completely overwhelming when i first started i was single so i had no relationship no children no dogs no mortgage i had no home i had no job and it was just i was flying too free and because you can do anything you end up doing nothing because you know it's just decision paralysis so that's the extreme the other thing that happens is that we latch onto something that's just oh i can do that because i happen to have this experience or um yeah 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 this is what i'll do and this I'll, I'll apply for this job or whatever without really thinking it through so there is an element of taking a breath taking a step back of course working with a coach can really help that's what i did myself to help myself um there are exercises like getting clear on your values that can be really powerful so rather than you know going straight for okay what boundaries should i set or, or what should i be doing in my case what business should i be designing and what should life look like it's quite a big meaning of life question someone who values family kindness creativity freedom those things give you a different indication as to what your priorities are versus someone who values wealth achievement power status and there's no judgment there because any of these are fine but it's for you to decide what you value so Crumbing up with your values is a really important one. I think quite a tangible exercise that can really shift the way you're looking at um, what you're doing. And of course, if you find that family 
and things like that are more important than things like status and prestige and so on, perhaps you can make some shifts and you can begin to think about the work that you're doing in a different way, which will then hopefully allow you to take a step back and, and do more of the practical things in terms of actually implementing the work-life integration. Thank you. No, that's 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 sound thinking. Um, you you started off um, when you said that uh, people want to call it life work integration, maybe rather than work life. I actually, quite like that. It sort of make it becomes life's work then, and and it feels a little more holistic to me because then if you're not focusing on work to pay for your life, but you're focusing your life. It seems to have more purpose in it, I think. But anyway, it wouldn't do a Google search any good because no one's written it that way round. I think more and more, and I and I love the discussion because, of course, I've been using work-life integration for many years now, and now I think, oh, damn, I should have done life work. But I agree with you. It's it's an interesting conversation to have. And for me, it, it is about work supporting life rather than life supporting work, or rather you design your life first and then work, whether it's a career or a business, fits around that. Generally, we tend to do the opposite. So I think you're right that life should come first. And life does include work, but in the sense of your career, the impact you're making, the things you're learning and so on, the work that you're enjoying, the fulfillment, not just, as you said at the beginning, climbing that corporate career ladder. Mm -hmm. So redefining what work means as well in a way. Sounds like somebody on this call has an opportunity to rewrite a book is what it sounds like to me. Can I co-author? Because I, I I think I'm interested as a life coach. I 100% agree, right? It's finding that your life's work, your purpose, and then building around that. So I, I, I love it. And so, Anne, I have a question for you. What are some good practices or creative solutions to help us implement or maybe just experiment with, I think we should just call it life work integration instead of work life integration? So I think some of those big picture questions, what's your vision, what are your values and so on can be really useful. A little metaphor that I came across recently, of course, we're all familiar with that kind of idea of juggling balls and that's quite a tired cliche. And um, but there's a quote from, of course, a commencement address, because that's where all these inspirational quotes come from, from American colleges, um, from Brian Dyson, who was the CEO, president of Coca-Cola. And he talks about the difference between glass balls and rubber balls when you're juggling some balls are rubber you drop them they'll bounce straight back up again it's fine if i stop doing my instagram reels even if i stop putting content out for a few weeks months even my business is not going to collapse i can resuscitate it when i come back some balls that you're going to drop are glass they'll be damaged and you can't repair them maybe crushed into a million pieces if I neglect my little children who are three and two, no, three and one even arguably, <laughs> if I get that right, you know, literally they're dependent on me, right? My relationship with my partner, if I don't put any quality time and, and love into that relationship for months, that's damaged forever. So I think as, as perhaps cliched as it is, but it's so true, you have to take that step back and just pause, put a post-it on your computer if you need it, whatever. Are they glass balls or are they rubber? And really think about when you're getting stressed about this PowerPoint presentation or getting that content calendar done or whatever it is, is it glass or is it rubber? That's, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. I've always liked the analogy of spinning plates as we're on circus tricks, spinning plates and keeping the plates spinning. And if you don't, there are some that can wobble a little bit and that's okay, but you, you don't want them to necessarily fall to the ground and smash. 
That one works too, Joe, because as you say, you spin it, it needs a bit of attention, but then you can leave your health for a little bit. You can leave even maybe your relationships and so on. But at some point, if you leave it for too long, it will come crashing down. So that's when you need to come back, give it another nudge, invest a bit more time, affection, whatever it yeah. is in that particular area of your life. So that's a great analogy too. Choose your balls or plates, whatever works for you. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I, I'm not sure if you heard in the background there, but there was a buzz of the 24 minutes are up. Um, Thank you for joining us, Anna. It's been a really interesting conversation. As I said at the beginning, I, I, I love this topic. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing your insights and experience with us. Thank you so much. Wonderful questions that have got me thinking as ever as well. So really appreciate that. And I hope yeah. it was valuable for your audience as well. No, no, it was. I think it's all a reminder to us all that eating lunch at our desk does not count as work-life integration, right? Um, we'll get your social details in a moment. But first, what other resources do you recommend to help um, anybody listening find their integration? Well, if you're interested in this idea of redefining success, broadening your view of success, I do have a, I'm going to call it a life assessment, which sounds very fancy. Um, but there are some questions. I've come up with this model of five areas of your life that matter. So your well-being, your relationships, your work, your personal development, and this fun area, which we never really think about, but your hobbies and, and what makes you you and so on. So if you go to onestepaside.com forward slash success, onestepaside.com forward slash success, you can download that. It's a simple PDF that asks you some prompts just to give you a bit of an indication of perhaps where you want to be focusing more attention if there is an area that you've unintentionally neglected for some time. Okay, fantastic. We, we will put a link to that in the show notes so people can go to the page and click through and, and find the resource. Thank you. Over to you, Paula. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, thank you, Anna, for joining. Just to highlight a couple of things that you said that stood out to me, just as a little bit of a recap for everybody. Make sure you're setting those boundaries. Make sure you're defining success that's meaningful to you. It's okay to say no, and you can say it softly. So practice no, but no, maybe at a later time, you can practice that. Make sure you understand what your values are. And whether you like the glass, rubber balls or the plates, make sure you're doing that evaluation so that it's time to have synergy between work and life. And so Anna, if people want to stay connected to you after giving us all of these wonderful gems and more than what I just mentioned, how can people find you to stay connected? So if you're a fan of podcasts, which I imagine you can search for reimagining success, or you can try my name, you've got my spelling here, if you can manage it. Um, and you've got all my details there. So if you'd like to connect on the website or your favorite social channel, then I'd love to hear from you. What were your biggest insights? And what are you struggling with? Because of course, there's still so much for me to learn for us all to learn. And I'm so interested to hear the specific challenges you're facing and trying to come up with creative solutions. Okay. Thanks, Anna. And thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. You can subscribe to the Paula and Joe show on your pod player of choice, be it iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube, and some more. If you enjoy the show, then do please help to pass the pod by leaving a five-star rating. And of course, you can follow at 168FM on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please, as Anna said, share your insights over on the over in comments on the blog at 168.fm. That's the words 168, not the numbers. We'd love to hear your take on life's work integration. Anna, Paula and I will join you there. Until then, take care and keep growing.